Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 21 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. Today on the show, we're going to be jumping into part two of the question and answer sesh that was kicked off last week in episode 20. If you haven't listened to part one, feel free to go back and listen to it, or feel free not to. Uh, Each episode will function perfectly fine independently, though may contain complimentary information. Special shout out to our sponsors, ArtByAngus.com, home of the greatest paintings on earth. Uh, Would recommend you get some. I'm pretty confident the price is going to go astronomically high in the next 10 years, and it will be a very good investment. So, would recommend to a friend. Um, Other than that, uh, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends about the podcast. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Here we go. God, this bit where I have to throw my guitar down is always real awkward, but here we go. Here we fucking go, people. It's episode 21. I'm feeling good. I've got a day off work. I'm pumped. And I'm ready to get into the questions. Uh, So I'm just going to jump straight in. Uh, Pretty short intro, but, you know, let's get straight into the fucking bones of things. Is that an expression? Maybe it is. I think I might have said this exact same thing last week. Who knows? Let's go. What made you get into paid marketing? Um, well, as some people probably have heard me say before, I initially went to university and did a degree. Well, I went to university and pursued a degree in biochemistry and molecular biology and pretty quickly realized that was really difficult. I, I, the reason I picked that course was because I liked biology and it said bio in it twice. Um, and so I was like, that oh, sounds like biology. turns out it was very chemistry heavy. I'm not good at chemistry. I failed a few classes. From there, I pivoted to uh, a degree in zoology, which some called the easy science. Uh, I found it a lot easier than uh, biochemistry, I must admit. Um, then coming towards the end of that degree, I realized there's maybe not... <laughs> maybe the greatest money isn't in uh, the realm of zoology. There's not necessarily big books to be earned there, though there is fucking sick career opportunities um, if you want to go, you know, do conservation or go snorkeling every day or something. Which, in retrospect, maybe I should have done. Maybe I still could pivot back in career to zoology. But anyway, I was like, actually, I want a bit more money than this zoology degree seems like it's going to get me. So then I did a master's in marketing. And from there... I was applying for jobs based on the companies rather than the jobs, and I didn't really know that much about the jobs. I picked this job at Paddy Power that was paid search executive, didn't really know what it was, but I was like, sure, fuck it, let's try this. Um, And then I ended up falling in love with the art of paid search from there, and and from there then, you know, got into the water, the wider spectrum of of paid marketing from there. So, kind of... (laughs) random decision making on my part is what got me into paid marketing um but a love of the game is what's kept me in it because it is a seriously fun thing to do especially when you're working with the big budgets and you're slinging around cash and driving lots of business outcomes for your clients or company real fun next question from sarah ocean artist follow her on instagram for some epic uh ocean paintings how much should you spend on marketing? That is, that's a tough question to answer, Sarah, I'll be honest. Um, and it wildly depends on 
what budget you have available. So going back to what I just said, if you're like a big corporation, then you should probably spend tens of millions a year on on marketing at least. Um, I'm, <laughs> I happen to know for a fact that you're not a big corporation, so <clears throat> I'll try um couch my answer within that world. But I guess, yeah, it's, it's whatever you want to, honestly, whatever you're willing to invest. I would say whatever you're willing to invest and have as a sunk cost. I think a lot of early investment for small businesses and small brands um, is not going to drive direct conversion performance it's not going to drive direct sales um and so invest whatever you're willing to invest if you're willing for it to just be a sunk cost in reality it won't be a sunk cost like the the fact that you're boosting brand awareness and and getting your brand in front of people even if they're not buying immediately is still beneficial but i mean i wouldn't be spending money early on and expecting sales um so with that in mind yeah literally what like there's no point in me saying a number because it's just literally whatever you want to spend. You could spend £10 a month or you could spend £100 a month or you could spend £1,000 a month, etc., etc. Um, What I would say is, I think we touched on this in the previous episode, is if you're going to invest marketing budget, I would do it on... I would post a lot of content organically, see which ones of those posts over-index and do better than the others, and then when you're going to start investing paid budget behind things invest that money into assets that you've already seen do better than your average asset does your average creative does um organically because that way at least you're putting your budget behind something that you have some sort of indication is a strong performer rather than just picking something completely at random um and yeah however much money you want to spend you can definitely spend um question from anushka dabo you fucking legend uh, does digital marketing ever get repetitive for you? How do you make it innovative or different? Um, oh, I mean, not really. I'm, I can understand that there's bits of it that are probably are repetitive. I think, honestly, the more junior you are, the more repetitive the work is because you're doing more of the sort of building ads and sort of, I don't know, regular reporting checks and stuff. And as you progress a bit more senior in your career, it becomes more sort of strategic thinking um, and sort of higher level, bigger picture stuff, um, which is sort of in nature less repetitive, I think. Um, But in terms of like making it innovative or different, I think the, the joy of digital marketing is the fact that you can optimize things, you can gather data, you can see what's working and what's not. You can then stop doing the things that aren't working, start doing more of the things that are working. And that to me is the thing that brings me joy with digital marketing is over time, seeing what's working, seeing what's not, doing less of the stuff that's not working, doing more of the stuff that is working, and then tracking over time how those changes you're making are improving the overall business results that you're driving with your marketing. So um, yeah, if things are sort of feeling stagnant, I would look for opportunities to optimize uh, because that's where the real joy is, is making a change, seeing that change improve performance. that fucking never gets old to me uh and is innovative i guess potentially um next question from adon shout out uh as fellow zoology zoology alum um do you find the painting slash marketing yourself or revealing yourself useful for business um uh reading in well i mean so in terms of business of 
selling art, absolutely. Um, I don't think I would have sold any art if I had not been putting myself out there and I've sold many paintings. Um, and so in that sense, massively working. In terms of day-to-day -day work business, I think it's also very useful. Um, say for example, this podcast, like <laughs> as rambling and mental as I am, quite a lot of the time it still is good <laughs> maybe maybe I'm just deluding myself here but I think it still is good practice of you know articulating myself and um speaking confidently etc which I think is a massively transferable skill that in that can be brought into the workplace and um and so in that sense I'd say it's definitely useful as well um and then also you know having uh, I haven't had a guest in a while fuck I really need to get on that I apologise to the listeners for my lack of guests recently. It's completely my fault. Um, just been, I just haven't been, I just haven't been asking people. I've sent like three or four messages, but it's not enough, not enough volume uh, and I need to get on it. So I apologise. I'm holding myself accountable here. Get your shit together, Angus. I'm going to write a note. I'm going to write a little post-it note to myself telling myself to do some outreach. <laughs> not that I haven't done that before, but we'll see if it works this time. Um, what was the question? Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Before that sort of tangent, <laughs> the guests, when they are on the show, that's another thing that I think working in a career in marketing and having conversations about marketing with smart people who are good at marketing, um, is, is just naturally going to be, going to be good for business of any sort, because it's just sort of exposing myself to new ways of thinking, um, new opinions, new marketing ideas. Um, and so, yeah, definitely that one's really useful. My nose is getting real blocked. I don't know why. Apologies for this sniffle now. <laughs> oh, it's <was> gross. Um, <clears throat> is there a gap in the social media market for advertising in the film industry? Shout out Almira. Thank you for the question, you legend. Um, <laughs> we've actually had a conversation in real life about this. Um, over Google Hangouts, obviously not in real life. In real, real life, that would be... Uh, very illegal wouldn't be up to that sort of behavior um but is there a gap for social media marketing in the social media market for f oh god can't read is there a gap in the social media market for advertising in the film industry and we talked about this yeah how like you don't really see that many social media ads for movies maybe it's because we're just not that's my my thinking very much is that we're just not within whatever audiences they're targeting um but so if anyone has seen uh, has seen social media advertising for films, please let me know. Send me an Instagram message or whatever. Send me a letter by owl if you would prefer. Um, but yeah, I, surely the film industry aren't just not advertising on social media. I wouldn't take my not seeing it as thinking they don't. I just would assume I'm not within their, their target audiences. Um, so let's wait and see if anyone, anyone has seen any film advertising if there I mean I still think there's always room for for new players if you can differentiate yourself but I do think I don't think it would be the first time this the film industry has thought of advertising on social media interested in your responses though anyone listening let me know if you've seen uh, film advertising on social because maybe Almira you've just spotted a massive gap in the market and there is there is room um but we'll see Best and worst thing about digital marketing is the next question. Don't have names against the next few, so maybe this was Andy. I don't know. What platform? Oh, best and worst thing about digital marketing. Um, 
Best thing is what I touched on a minute ago, which is the fact that over time you can see what's working, see what's not, use that data to improve your performance over time and, and drive better and better results. That's the best thing about digital marketing is the fact that it's so trackable, measurable, and optimizable. What's the worst thing about digital marketing? Um, maybe... I mean, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's probably good sides to this as well. But the fact that everything changes so often, like, it keeps you on your toes. But, like, <clears throat> it would be key if you could just, like, have a year where you just didn't need to learn any new stuff. They're constantly evolving every ad product, adding new features. Oh, it's exhausting. You have to keep up with it all. But at the same time, that is kind of cool because it means, it means there's a lot of lazy companies that sort of are operating in the model of two years ago, which means that when you do put in the effort to keep up with those trends and stay on top of things, that there's a lot of arbitrage and room to, to win in markets because there's sort of lazy advertisers who are still using only the features from two years ago. So when you are regularly updating and keeping on top of things, that does present opportunities to crush the competition, which is always fun. So even the best, even the worst thing about digital marketing is a good thing. What platform should every advertiser be on right now? Um, I've talked already in the last episode about the organic places like LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. Um, but in terms of paid advertising, I'm just going to go with my favorite, Google Search. People are literally telling you what they want. All you have to do is target people searching for what you sell and give them a good experience to buy that thing. Like someone searching for, really try to think of a different example than red shoes, but we'll go with red shoes. If someone's searching for red shoes and you sell red shoes, then target the keyword, buy red shoes, serve an ad that says, shop our range of red shoes today. Then send them to a landing page with a selection of red shoes and Bob's your uncle. You're gonna fucking make some money selling red shoes. Um. Yeah, search is the best. I love it. Uh, if anyone ever wants some paid search advice, hit me up. We'll talk. I love talking search. What's your favorite tip slash piece of advice? Jesus, that's tough. Um, I think the most practical is just churn out as much content as you can. Uh, the more you can post on every platform, the better, because the more learnings you'll get. Even the things that don't work are learnings and lessons and pieces of data that you can add into your sort of mental model. Um, so yeah, my, my top piece of advice is just put out as much content as you possibly can. Um, and don't judge yourself over it. Don't be self-conscious about it. Just put it out there and see what fucking happens. What is the best social platform for brand marketers and why is it Twitter? Asks Rob Power. Uh, future Taoiseach of Ireland asking a question on the podcast is quite an honour uh, look forward to pointing back to this someday um, Rob maybe slightly biased towards Twitter as an employee of Twitter um, Twitter is a great tool for brand marketers some really cool paid advertising options uh, like which are bigger budget so anyone listening to this podcast or the target audience probably not going to be buying a promoted trend but you can do quite cost efficient things to reach like massive amounts of users on Twitter which is cool um, and lots of cool features on Twitter but what is the best social platform for brand marketers depends if it's paid or if it's organic <laughs> I hate to do this to you Rob but I'd say if it's paid it's probably Facebook Instagram because of just the 
colossal amount of reach and decent user data they have. Um, depends if if it's if it's B two B, maybe it's LinkedIn. And if it's certain industries, I'm sure it is Twitter too. Uh, my relatively narrow experience has not seen a use case where Twitter maybe is the best, but Twitter is great. Uh, don't don't think I'm hating on Twitter at all, but I just think you can reach a lot more people on Facebook and Instagram. So they're upset. And if you're running B2B campaigns, then probably LinkedIn. Um, question from James. How can one use customer listening to help hone your marketing message? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to answer it in the context of this podcast, which is sort of, you know, individuals who are trying to market themselves. I mean, there are, you know, tools for social listening and stuff that you can employ if you're if you're a brand, which are options. But I think my definition here of customer listening would be listening to your customers, the people who are engaging with your content. Um, and so here I would say, read every comment that someone posts on your any social posts that you're doing, read every DM you receive uh, across social and reply to all comments and reply to all DMs and engage in a conversation with those people. Those are the sort of people, at least the first line, they're not necessarily buying customers. So we can split this into two, but I think that's initially what you want to be doing because they will have useful insights. They'll maybe tell you why they like some pieces of content or they don't like some pieces of content, why they agree with something you're saying, why they disagree with something you're saying. Again, these are all just sort of data points that can feed into the model within your brain if your brain works like mine anyway um and you can sort of as you hear more of these comments and gather more of these different data points you can ultimately understand more what works what doesn't how people think what makes people tick all of these things so reading and engaging with comments and and messages is definitely one one huge place um then the next God, my phone's ringing. Should I answer? I'm going to stop this recording for a second. All right, sorry about that interruption. We're back. Uh, wasn't even any interruption because the recording stopped, so whatever. What question am I on? Um, customer listening. Yeah, engaging with all those things. Then the next layer I was going to say is is existing customers, people who have purchased from you. Um, an underutilized mechanism, I think, by a lot of people is send a letter or an email to every person who's bought something off you or indeed phone them if you can and say just wanted to get your thoughts on you know what was good about the experience of shopping for me buying from my brand what was not so good any you know advice anything you'd like to see in the future etc etc because those are ultimately the people who've actually purchased from you their opinions are gold and the fact that you you know can reach out to them and can ask them those questions um, it's it's kind of a miss not to, I think, because they are a goldmine of useful information. So perhaps, James, not the customer listening that you may have been alluding to, but my version for the context of this podcast is just listening to listening to your customers and listening to your audience. Um, next question. I think this one was from Paul. How are you marketing your podcast at the moment? Um not not well enough Paul is the honest truthful answer um a big portion of my early sort of plans was the fact that getting guests on would allow for exposure to their audiences so that's one thing which when I get more guests on will be a a way I'm marketing it 
Honestly, yeah, I'm still trying to figure this one out. I've I've been on a few podcasts, other podcasts. I've heard that's the best way to market a podcast is guest appearances on other podcasts. Um, so that's one thing I've tried to do a bit, which I haven't done enough of. Uh, because again, I need to. So I need to be doing outreach to get guests for the podcast. I also should be doing outreach to people who have podcasts, saying I'd love to come on as a guest onto your show. Um, so these are the ways I should be marketing the podcast. Um, I am just fucking posting a little story every Wednesday when I release the podcast. Um, Paul, you and I have discussed that I should be doing sort of quote cards from each episode, um, which still is on the to-do list to build up a backlog of those and have, because that way I can promote sort of old episodes as well and get people back listening to those. But yeah, the honest answer is I'm not marketing the podcast well enough at the moment. It needs more work. Um, just need to stop stop watching as much youtube videos and start doing more work that's the honest answer um so have, <laughs> hold me accountable on that poll give me some abuse send me some text messages um and we'll hopefully see the uh, see the marketing efforts improve and also if anyone has any suggestions uh on marketing ideas for the podcast i'm all ears um Maybe like my conversation with Paul and I listen to it and don't actually implement it straight away, but it's still on my to-do list. Uh, so yeah, would love to hear anyone and everyone's thoughts on how I should be marketing the podcast and getting that word out there longer. Obviously, the best form of marketing is word of mouth marketing. So anyone listening, if you would just tell someone, hey, here's a here's a cool podcast about marketing, uh, you should listen to it. Would appreciate it. Uh, and you would be a really big legend if you did that. <laughs> <sighs> advice on starting a marketing consulting business question from connor fitz what is up sir uh, nice to hear from you advice on starting a marketing consulting business um first thing is make sure you know enough about marketing i guess um sounds like stupid <laughs> of an answer but like i think there's so many people who have these like marketing consulting businesses that don't really know what they're doing um i would say like prove it out if possible build out your own sort of social media presence because i think nothing speaks more to one's ability to market well than having already established themselves through marketing themselves well so there's that um next thing i would say is probably start by doing work for free if you're just if you're just kicking off and just getting going i would do work for free initially in exchange like make make sure this is clear in the upfront say i'll do work for you for free if you allow me to turn the results of that work into a case study and assuming things go well if you're willing to give me your reference to future customers because i think that's the ultimate sort of proof of product or proof of what you're doing if you have so if you let's say and that's so that's the combination of those two things is the ultimate world where if you're going to someone as a potential client and you're saying hey here's me i've established my own personal brand um to like have x number of followers or i get x amount of reach on linkedin blah blah, blah. and i've worked with these two clients already uh i was able to drive xyz business results for them i i you know drove increased bookings for their restaurant i drove um increased sales for them whatever it is um by having proof through yourself and proof through clients you've already worked for that's how then you're going to win the new business um and in terms of like the actual marketing side of it i would say just make sure yeah you you know what you're doing um 
like I've talked about before, there's loads of free resources if you want to learn things, if you want to learn Facebook advertising, Google advertising, etc. There's infinite free resources available to do that. Um, so yeah, just make sure you've got the skills on point. Make sure you've got proof of why others should buy into you because once you're... Once you have, you know, references and proof that you know what you're doing, then selling to new customers is going to be infinitely easier than than getting the first few. Which is why I would say offer for free if you're just starting out for the first couple, because that way there's no barrier to them saying yes. Once you get that case study, then to go to the next person and get them to pay, you've got sort of proof of, of why they should pay or what you're worth, sort of. Next question from Chris Lee. Chris Lee, founder, fuck, I fucking don't remember the name, Exant, Exante, Extante, oh, fuck, Chris, I'm sorry, I'm butchering it, look up Chris Lee on uh, LinkedIn, he's the founder of a cool, cool company that's too smart for me to understand, but it's fucking crushing it from what I understand, so fair fucking play to you, Chris, Chris asks, what is the difference between head of growth, head of marketing, head of sales, head of brand, well, where do we start? Head of sales is an easy one. They're in charge of selling products. Head of marketing. It, marketing and sales often sort of go hand in hand, but it's kind of the case a lot of the time that marketing is in charge of getting people aware of the brand and getting them in the door. And then sales would be in charge of t- taking that person who's inside the door and turning them into a customer. Um, so that's marketing and sales. Head of brand is sort of would sit underneath the head of marketing in my mind my mind (laughs) head of brand would sit under the head of marketing and they would probably be more focused on so head of marketing would be a focus across the board of like building brand awareness driving conversion and every sort of aspect of marketing whereas head of brand would be more just on the awareness stuff like what what does our brand stand for what sort of messaging are we going to have in these videos what sort of color palette does our brand use those sort of things whereas that would be one arm of what the head of marketing is working on but they would be working across a number of arms like you know how are we ranking our website on google how are we what ad copy are we using for paid search what sort of conversion tactics are we using on facebook etc whereas head of marketing would be more or sorry head of brand would be more purely focused on the brand brand identity you know branding in the marketplace etc and then head of growth um again probably would sit under head of marketing and they would be generally focused more on in my understanding of it at least a head of growth would be more focused on customer acquisition so running you know things like paid search advertising paid social conversion focused advertising things that are actually sort of growing the bottom line of the business also head of growth sometimes would do sort of growth hacking initiatives so that would be things like who knows, like getting PR, which could also fall under the brand person, um, or, I don't know, stunt-based marketing to try to get things out there, or email marketing and having a reference referral program there, things like that. Um, but yeah, basically, head of marketing would be above both the head of growth and the head of brand, and the head of marketing is in charge of getting people aware of the brand, getting them in the door, passing them over to the head of sales to then convert them into paying customers would be my pretty basic uh, my pretty basic and perhaps wrong (laughs) answer to that question Chris next question from Tommy V 
don't have spoilers, but there's a chance Tommy V might be a future guest on the podcast. Uh, I also think someone just knocked on my door, so I'm going to check. It was a false alarm. There was nobody at the door. Tommy V, potential future guest on the podcast, asks, which non-digital marketing channel would you recommend a creative dabble in? Which non-digital marketing channel? Oh, easy answer, I think. Um, PR. Public relations, I believe, is what that stands for. Nearly didn't remember that one. PR, a.k.a. trying to get your brand featured across, um, you know, newspapers, magazines, any form of media, TV, um, anything like that, because I think that's, like, the ultimate free advertising. If you can get featured on a TV show or if you can have an article written about you in a magazine or in a newspaper, um, that's just ultimately free eyeballs on your brand. Um, And, you know, we talk a lot about where to get organic reach across social media because that's like a lot of free eyeballs. I think PR is probably in today's world slightly undervalued and I think a a great tool. Something, again, on my to-do list, something I haven't really put any effort into, but something especially like as I potentially start to look to show my art and stuff like that, I think that's when I'll really look to go hard on the PR front. But I think, yeah, if you're going to look into a non-digital channel, PR is absolutely it. Um, I haven't done enough of the digging myself, but there's definitely great resources online uh, on YouTube around how to how to function well in the PR world, I guess. Um, and yeah, like I said, free eyeballs. That's the name of the game that we're all playing here, people. The more free eyeballs that you can get, the better. And PR is a great way to do that. So uh, get involved in the PR game if you're not. Next question from Hannah Colling. What up, Hannah? Uh, will there be a shift in media strategy post-lockdown? Will the move to hybrid or work-from-home systems impact how we get targeted for content? Um not massively I don't think I think the biggest change potentially will be in out of home marketing but I think once things open back up I think whether or not people are working in an office there's going to still be heavy footfall around a lot of the sort of you know train stations tube stations those sort of places Um, and so I don't think out of home will change drastically and other than that yeah, I think in the digital ecosystem, etc., things will will continue to stay the same. Maybe midday television advertising might go slightly back up in price because of the fact that there's more people who might have the TV on during the day. Um, but overall, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to how we get marketed to. Um, it may the the other way it may impact it is like the way way we're being messaged to. So there might be more more. I don't know, ads are based around working from home or speaking to the pain points of working from home or talking about remote work. So the way advertisers speak to us might change a bit, but in terms of how they're targeting us with content, etc., uh, don't think so. Joe Baker asks, what is marketing? Great question, Joe. Um, what's the answer? Uh, what is marketing? Marketing, put as simply as I can, Marketing is about just putting your brand out there. Marketing is creating awareness for your product or service. Um, and creating awareness and awareness, understanding and consideration, I guess. Um, ultimately aiming to drive a sale. That's a fucking shit answer, Joe Baker. I'm sorry, but 
that's what that's what you're getting. Um, my when asks why slash when did you start marketing? Um, I guess I'll refer you back to the first question of the episode, which is following uh, my degree in zoology. I wanted a job that paid more than the zoologists seemed to be getting paid. So I said, oh, marketing seems like a thing to do. Uh, I went to an open day at the business school, went to one talk, thought it was really cool, was excited. Then they said, you have to have a business degree to do this master's. And then I was going to go to a second talk, realized that you also had to have a business degree to do that. Was like, fuck this place, all the business wankers. I'm going to leave. And then my friend, Daniel McAvoy, was like, no, let's just go to one more talk. Uh, and that turned out to be the Masters where you didn't need a degree in business to get in. In fact, they prided themselves on having a mix of people. So my zoology degree probably helped me get in. And the rest is history. Uh, yeah, then I started applying for jobs at companies without knowing what they were. And I got one. <laughs> um, and the rest is history. Question from Archie, which is the last question of today's show. How do you balance your time on your main output and time on all the content you create to raise awareness of your output? Any successful ratio or useful hacks? Archie, honestly, this question makes me feel ashamed because I just think I'm not doing enough. Uh, So that's the real answer is I don't have any useful hacks because I'm not doing it well enough. I'm underperforming in my mind on the creation of of content to generate awareness for particularly the podcast and I guess the art. Um, so <laughs> I wish I had a better answer. I balance my time, like my time is heavily imbalanced towards my free time being spent not working, um, which is not a winning formula, honestly, for success. So I need to up the hours of working when I'm not at work. Um that's number one uh in terms of like how i structure things at the moment is because i haven't had any guests in a while i basically just on a tuesday record the podcast then on a wednesday morning upload it create the artwork or whatever very quickly on canva uh and put it out then do a, a story post telling people it's it's out do a post on linkedin telling people it's out and that's about it <laughs> um Things I intend to do, like I talked about with Paul, I'm going to do quote cards, hopefully from the, not hopefully, I'm going to do quote cards from each episode to sort of drive awareness for older episodes and, you know, hopefully get people to think about listening to them. Going to try to do more guest appearances on other podcasts, uh, which requires outreach. Going to try to get more guests and try to leverage exposure to their audiences. Um, And just, yeah, trying to put more time into creating content. Uh, because the output is just not good enough right now. Need to up my game. Intend to up my game. Watch this space. Uh, That's it. That's the end of the episode, people. Uh, My nose is so fucking blocked. I don't know what is. I think I'm allergic to podcasting. Every time I podcast, my nose gets blocked and my throat gets sore. I just speak too intensely. Uh... Here's the outro. This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast. With me, your host, Angus Boyle. Um, Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave a review. Tell 1,700 of your friends about the podcast. 
they won't think it's spammy if you tell them every day honestly they'll love you for it maybe not every day every second day <sighs> um yeah like i said i love you you're a legend tune in again next week for another episode of the creative marketing podcast peace and love and joy to you all <laughs> in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen <laughs>